The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing. Hallelujah. We serve a faithful God. He is worthy of our praise and he's worthy of our own. Come on, let's stand up on your feet and worship the King of Kings. He is worthy to be glorified. There is none like our God tonight. We just want to thank you. We just want to give him praise. We want to exalt him because he's a good God. We want to magnify his name because he's Yahweh. There is none like our God tonight. There has never been a God like him. He is a way maker. He is the one who makes a way out of nowhere. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Lily of the Valley. He is the bright morning star. There is none that can be compared unto him. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is glorified. Amen. He will serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If we could all be on our, seat, on our seats. And give God the praise as we sit down. Amen. 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 What an honor to be in this place tonight. God is a faithful God. Amen. He deserves the highest praise. I just want to thank Pastor for allowing me to stand here today. It's big shoes to fill in, but God is faithful. Amen. I want to thank all the pastors in the church. I want to thank all the leaders in the church. Amen. Oh, we give him praise. We give him glory. Amen. My title today, my message today is derived from different messages. I have the honor of doing pastor's messages and writing them. And it's, it's a privilege because I, I have the opportunity to hear what you guys miss out. Um, whenever a declaration, I don't hear it. And when I get to listen to the message, even if it's, it's, it's old, I still receive it because I'm, I'm typing the book, amen. So I get to relive the message one more time, amen. So my message today, it's derived from lots of his books. I, I enjoy typing his books. And the one that has really struck me the most is walking in obedience, amen. So um, from there, I have been listening to it over and over again so as to get the message that I wanted to preach, amen. So my message today, which comes from Pastor's book, is walking in obedience. But walking in obedience, I wanted to divert a bit and talk about trusting God when it doesn't make sense. Walking in obedience, but at the same time, that means trusting in God when it doesn't make sense. Amen. Um, I'm going to read something very funny. Um, it actually helped me to come across what I was going to talk about. Um, I took my computer for fixing um, the other day, and when I went to pick it up, this is what the gentleman said to me. He said, um, he says, your computer has got a virus. Um, I always enjoy the, well, actually, I enjoy the explanation they give when I went to pick up the computer. He says, there was a problem with the beta delta that was hidden in the draw files of the D drive code. So I bypassed the Cortex backup using the dual processor 12 recovered 15 gigabytes, which I transferred to the RAM. That was enough to help me break into the BIOS, rediscover the Cintiq Spire before and something, something wipe up on the system. Um, I looked at the guy and said, oh, I wiped out the virus and restored the power to your system. Actually, it didn't make sense. I, I had no clue what he was talking about. So I looked at him and I said, um, do you mind speaking in layman's terms, which I, I, I can understand because I, I have no clue. I had trust in him because I know he was going to fix it. And he just said, oh, you have no memory. That's it. 
He said, you have no memory or in your drive. So I added more memory and I wiped out a few viruses. I said to myself, why couldn't you just say that from the beginning rather than telling me all these RAM and CD and bypass? I have no clue. But then I actually laughed when he said that. I trusted him because he's an expert. I knew he was going to do the job that I, I asked him to do. And then I, I came back and I realized it should be the same when it comes to God. Though I may not understand the path, the ways that he's taking me, but I should be able to trust him enough to get me to where I am going. Amen. Because we know that we have a God who is able to execute a better job in our lives. Hallelujah. The scripture, today our Bible reading comes from Genesis 12, verse 1 to 2. I think we all know the scripture where God is telling Abraham to move out of his father's house. I believe that was one of the hardest things. The Bible doesn't talk about how hard it was. But I believe it was one of the hardest things that Abraham had to do. Because he had to trust God even if it didn't make sense. Same with Mary. I'll give a few um, examples. Mary trusted God to bring the birth of Christ even if it didn't make sense. Gideon trusted God with a mighty, God called him a mighty man of valor who won a war with just 300 soldiers. It didn't make sense. The children of Israel trusted God and walked around the walls of Jericho to come down. That's in Joshua 6. They trusted God. Amen. Job trusted God when it didn't make sense of the calamities that he was going through. Amen. I think if you realize the Bible has a number of series whereby God has asked his people to do some crazy, crazy things. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say crazy things here, but unbelievable things. Things that are against our instincts and feelings. Hence, that's where I believe it says we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I think we all know the story of Peter when God, when Jesus actually asked him, which is in Matthew 14, verse 22 to 31. It's quite a long scripture where Peter walked on water. I mean, I, I tend to ask myself one of these questions whereby I say, what were the other disciples doing? when Peter walked on water. It was one of the most, I would have missed it. Probably I've been sleeping like them, I'm not sure. But it was one of the most things that Peter did. He walked on water. He trusted God enough to walk on water, even though it did make sense. It didn't make sense because our logic tells us that when water, water is a substance that you actually can't walk in. So when someone is walking on water, it does not make sense. But God is faithful. Amen. I believe many a time we forfeit God's blessings in our life because we lack the trust in God. That's in Proverbs 3 verse, we're going to read from Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6. Amen. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Amen. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Even though it doesn't make sense, acknowledge God. In all your ways, he will perfect that what he has begun to do in your life. Amen. God knows every thought that we think. He knows when we speak it, when we don't speak it. We need to have a greater view of the awesomeness of our God. Amen. And the God that we serve. I think we all know the story of the widow. Um, 1 Kings 17, verse 7 to 16. I'll, I'll not read much. I'll just pick now and there where I want to make my point. It says, it was during the time of drought when Elijah met her. She was collecting sticks to start a fire and cook the last meal for her and her son. 
And Elijah asked her for water and something to eat. She said, I don't have anything baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm collecting sticks to fix our last meal so we may die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a small cake of bread of what you have and bring it to me. Amen. And then make something for yourself and your son. That's where I stopped in my reading because that didn't make sense. How can I come and tell you my pastor and say, this is all I have. My last bread, my last flour, my last, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cook for my son and then we die. But he says, cook for me first. And then you go and cook for your son. What am I going to cook for my son with? Because you already eaten what I was going to give with my son. Amen. It didn't make sense. But I loved what the woman said. For in verse 13, it says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jar of oil will not run dry, until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Amen. I think that's verse 14. This just didn't make sense. To fix something for you first and forget about myself, not even my son. And after I've just told you of my situation, wouldn't I say that? Amen. She trusted the word of the Lord and she had abundance of flour and oil throughout the drag. Amen. That is the God that we serve. He has, she had more than what she had asked for. Amen. She lasted more than everyone else. Amen. There are some things in our lives we will not have answers to. I think when you serve God, you have to come to an understanding that it is okay not to know things. If God says, come out of your father's house, you have to come out because I believe God has greater things for each and every one of us. Amen. It does not make sense. I know some of us who battle with diseases. Some of us are battling with teenagers on drugs. Some of us are battling with sick children. Some of us are battling with things that we just don't understand. But you have to come to a point that you say, God, I don't understand what I'm going through, but I know that you are faithful enough to bring me through it. Amen. I know that it doesn't make sense to to come to you and say, God, I don't, I don't understand why I didn't get this promotion. I don't understand why my husband has died. I don't understand why this has come to be. I don't understand the situation that I'm in. But I trust you because even if it doesn't make sense, I still trust you because you are faithful. Amen. The Bible says, if you trust in God, always, no, trusting in God always requires some unanswered questions in your life. Yes, sometimes God, I, I believe God is a teaser. He likes teasing people. That's, that's, that's me. I'm not saying to everyone. But I believe God is a teaser. He, he will give you a glimpse of the future. And he'll say, um, actually, why am I, I'll use pastor as an example. I hope he doesn't mind. <laughs> um, he loves telling the story of how he moved from Hackney um, a big church, and he had to come to crawl. I believe God gave him a tease just to show him the glimpse of how it was going to be, the magnitude of the church, how it was going to be. He showed him the end of it, and, and he, but he didn't show him the middle part. So with pastor, he took it up, and he said, God, I will run with it, which is what we all do. We will run with it. But then we get to a point sometime, when I say God is a teaser, I mean, it will come to a point where you are just about to give up because it's not going as you want it to go. God has shown you that you're going to be a father of all nations, but he still hasn't given you a child. And you're now starting to ask God, really, 
you know, are you sure? You, you? And then he glimpses a bit. He opens up and he says, okay, have a little bit of a tease and see what I've also got in for you. So in the middle, when you're about to give, he will show you or he will direct you. And then he'll know, oh, okay, now me and you are talking. So, you know, God has opened up a certain direction. That's why I say God is a teaser. He'll always give you a glimpse of your future when you are just about to give up or he will give you an end of your future so that you keep running with it and running with it because he has promised though the vision may tarry wait for it it will come to pass amen amen so that's why i call him my god is a teaser he keeps teasing me a bit by bit he will give me something else after that thing is finished he'll give me another one so that i keep holding on and i keep pressing on and i keep leaning on him and I keep asking for direction though even when I'm walking with it there are things that don't make sense amen amen I believe that the limited understanding we're given can teach not only to obey but also to trust him completely whether we can make sense of the situation or not Abraham took his son for sacrifice. I, I always love that scripture. It never made sense to anyone why Abraham or why God would ask Abraham to take his son. But when I look at the cross, I begin to understand the magnitude of what God was asking Abraham for. When Abraham did not withhold his son, God says in his word, now I know for a surety that Abraham loves me. So I'm loving the world the same way Abraham loves me enough to give up his own son. So I will not withhold that good thing that I have which is my son, the only begotten son, so that I can still fellowship with the people that have been, that have left me. Remember the Bible in the beginning, the, it tells us that God created man, and when man sinned, God took him out of the garden of Eden. Amen. So God was still longing for that companionship. I believe God is always longing to have us in his midst. Amen. Amen. Um, I believe that we should never try to figure out certain circumstances in our life. They are there for a purpose and they are there to edify God in our lives. Sometimes you have to be satisfied by not knowing the outcome of the situation. I had the privilege to, um, one of my friends, uh, I'll give an example. She, she had a child who had a brain tumor. And um, when the disease was informed, she, she said, why me, God? Why, why? To give you the background of her story is that she waited seven years to have the child. And this is a promised child, a child that she has been praying to. And the moment she found out that she had conceived, she, 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 she prayed even the more. She was so thankful. And lo and behold, the child came. And years later, the child developed a, a brain tumor. And she went back to God and said, God, I prayed for this boy. I fasted for this boy. And I have him now. But now the doctors are telling me that He's only got six months to leave. So when I went to visit her, the peace that she had, that was one of the things I, I actually prayed to God. And I said, if, if I ever get to a situation where I have to find peace, I want to have the peace that she had. And the peace came after she had said to God, if it is your will, I do not understand you in this situation, in this circumstance. I, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. After I have prayed for a child, you have given me a child, and the child is now about to die. So what do I do? How do I make sense of a situation that does not make sense? And lo and behold, the child passed away. And she came back to me, and we, 
funny enough, when I was preparing the message, I actually had the opportunity to give her a call. And I said, how did you feel? Why did you trust God? She said, the word of God, it is final. It does not change. It will never change. If God's will was the healing that took place, if it was for him to die, then let it be so. Because the ways of God are not for me to understand. They are for me to abide in and say, God, let thy will be done. I, I, I marveled at it because that is when she said, you have to trust God, even if it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for her child to die. The child that she has been praying for, the child she has been fasting for, and funny enough, when I was talking to her, she called, she said, you know what, after all this, I've been told I am pregnant and I am carrying twins. And I went to her and I said, wow, this is the God that we serve. He is able to restore what you have lost. He is able, even if it didn't make sense to us, to her it made sense because she believed that the word of God, it is final. God says, I will make you the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. That is the God that we serve. So she held on to that. She said, I'm holding on because God's word, it is final. It didn't make sense, but I still trusted God to bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. He is such a faithful God. In Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8, I Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope, and whose hope the Lord is, verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreaded out her roots by the river and shall not see when he comes but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding the fruits. Amen. When it doesn't make sense, the word of God, it is final in our lives. Amen. Because in Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Trusting God when it doesn't make sense means when you have to, when you fail to trust him, we defy his authority and sovereignty and begin to question his goodness. Amen. I believe all of us, we, we go through certain trials. There's Pastor Zama's message that I would encourage the church to listen to. She talks about the garment of praise. Oh, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful message. When she talks about the garment of praise, she talks about it, you don't have to have it together to praise God. You don't have to, have, even if it doesn't make sense where you are, you are believing God for certain things and things are not going your way. You still have to put on your garment of praise. Amen. I've come to believe that in my life, I've made so many mistakes. And when I fail to understand God, I, I, I begin to decide things for myself. I come up with a plan B. Um, if God doesn't do this, you know, plan B is, is, is this plan B. I have this other shoulder. But with God, it has to be God only and nothing else. If God says, lean on me, there is no one else I have to lean on except the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Um, there are four mistakes, well, from my own experience. I've, I've written them down and I hope they'll be beneficial to someone. I said there are four mistakes we often make when life doesn't make sense. For me, these are my four mistakes that I tend to make when I don't understand the life and the things that God is doing in my life. Firstly, we, I view God's promise with a short-term view rather than an eternal one. 
I will give an example of what I'm talking about. In Psalms 37, verse 3 to 7, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. As I was reading that, I think it's the, the message. It says, God will act. God will act, not me, but God will act. When God was giving Abraham a promise, he, God said, come out and I will bless you. Your, 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 your children are going to be like this and like that. You, you're going to, for a surety, you're going to go into Egypt and your children will be slaves and they will come out with plenty. That was God's promise. It did not change. But one thing that I loved about Abraham, he said, God, you're making all these promises with me, but I don't have a son. You, he understood the vision of God because he was looking into the future. Though God was telling him of something that he didn't understand, he was able to tap into it and say, fair enough, you're telling me I'm going to be great. My children are going to be plenty. I am going to be this. I am going to be that. But where is the son that you are promising me? Where is the next future Abraham that you are promising me? Because I can see all these promises. I can see all these things that you're promising me. But I don't have anyone to take over the, 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 this mantle that you're giving me. And God was able to deliver. Because the Bible says, um, commit your ways to the Lord and trust him and he will act. God will act and not you. I think we all know the story of, um, sorry. So, uh, no, in verse 7, it also says, sorry, um, be still and wait patiently, which means that God will not act in our own desirable time. The Bible says he, he makes things beautiful in its own time. In the fullness of time, God will bring it together. So that means you have to learn to be still and wait on God patiently. And it doesn't mean sitting and be idle, but sitting and still meditating on God's word. Sitting and, and still understanding that I do not understand what I am going through, but I have the word of God to understand, to, to grab onto. I still have the word of God to take and carry with me every day. I still have the word of God to lean on. I still have the word of God that is a surety. I still have the word of God that promises me that I am the head. I still have the word of God that says he will hide me under the shadows of his wings. I still have the word of God that promises that even when don't understand what I am going through. I can still hold on unto the King of Kings. Amen. I believe that if we must first delight ourselves in the Lord with the sole focus and purpose of being like him, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. If we truly seek him to learn his heart and 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 what he desires, and you delight in him more than anything else, I believe our fleshy desires disappear. What I'm trying to say is, when you seek God truly, when you delight in him, when you meditate on the word of God, slowly by slowly, slowly, you, you, I think we have, the Bible says, we have not because we ask not. But at the same time, it says we have not because we ask amiss. We, 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 are desiring, we are asking God for the wrong things in our lives. We are asking God for things that are not even what's in his heart. So I believe when you desire God and when you truly seek him and you learn the heart of God and what he desires, and you begin to delight in the Lord. I actually wanted to find out what it is to delight in the Lord. And, and someone gave me a very funny um, 
example. He says, it was my husband who was actually giving me an example. I said, what do you delight? And he said, oh, um, when you delight in me, when I turn, you turn. Because you understand that we're moving in the same way. And I said, no, I can't tell when you're going that way. My, my way is that way. He says, but then you're not delighting in the things that delight me. If I say, turn this way, whether you like it or not, you turn with me. You delighting in the things that I do. When I say I, I desire meat today, even if you want to be a vegetarian, you have to desire and delight in what I want. And it, it was... It was very frustrating because my human nature, I'm very stubborn. I, I, I don't yield easily. <laughs> so I said, it, it's, it's not fair because why should I like? Then he said, so why are you delighting in the things of God? Because with me, you can see. But with God, you don't see. So how can you delight in someone you don't see? But me who is with you here, you know, do not delight. When I say, oh, shall we go to the scrapyard and look for something? I don't like the scrapyard. But because I delight in him, what he's doing, I have to make myself feel have to, I have to stand up and go with him to the scrapyard and look for things I don't even understand. And, and that is what you do. You're delighting in the things that they like, the things that they also delight in. And the more you get to do that with God, you get to understand his heart. You get to desire the things that God desires. You get to like what God likes. You get to hate what God hates. You, be you begin to say, God, my heart is for souls. I remember Pastor crying out saying, my heart, a heart of a Christian should always be a heart to cry out for souls because that is the delight of God. That is God delighting, wanting souls to keep coming into his house. Amen. So I believe when, when you make God, when you delight in God, he will give you the desires of your heart. And the desires of your heart are not your fleshly desires. They are the desires of God from the beginning of time when you were first formed in your mother's womb. God put those delights in there. But it is for you to seek them out by delighting in what God delights in. Amen. Amen. Secondly, um, the four mistakes that I make, um, we give our wisdom and understanding more credibility than we ought to. I, 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 I like the message that Pastor preached on Sunday because it touched what I was about to, I was going to talk about, which was King Nebuchadnezzar, where he said, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, the moment you start making yourself I, you are giving your wisdom credibility. It is your thoughts that have made things possible. It is your ways that have made things happen. It is your doing. You forget that the Bible says it is he who gives power to get wealth. Amen. So we give, we tend to give our wisdom and understanding more credibility than it should if God always acted in ways that made sense, then there would never have been no need for Christ to die for us. The gospel reminds us that though we cannot possibly make sense of the ways of God, but we can always find peace and assurance by looking up to the cross. It is through faith that we are saved, for we are the clay and he is the porter. Amen. We believe, um, one of the things that I've always tend to make, which is number three, I believe that God, when things I don't understand, that's when we tend to throw tantrums. Um, one of the things that I normally make is, I say, I believe God blesses me or he has punished me because I have done something wrong. I think it's on everyone's mind. When things are going so bad in your life, you, you, you tend to look back and start thinking, what wrong have I done now? What have I done that God cannot forgive? Um, 
There's one time I, I was going through a, um, a very terrible situation. It was a time when um, my dad has not been, had not been feeling well for a long, long time. And um, one day they gave me a phone call and they said, oh, you have to make peace with, with yourself and make peace with dad because the doctors are thinking he's not going to make it for tomorrow. So one of the prayers every year on my prayer point, on my expectation card, which is I've always written, keep me God till I get to see my father. It has always been something that I, 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 I miss him so much. So every, whenever an expectation card comes, it's one of the first things that's always on the top list. It's not souls. No. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not souls. It, it's not. It's always been, give me one more, one more day. Just allow one more day to get to see my dad. And when I heard that he wasn't feeling well, I began to say to God, what wrong have I done that you cannot grant me just this one thing? It's every year I ask you, every year I ask you, every year I keep saying, keep him. So when things like that come, I, I start saying, okay. And then I'm reminded of the scripture in the Bible when David had sinned and God asked him, gave him three options. And David said, which is my favorite, I would rather be in the hand of God. I rather, if, if God is punishing me, let God punish me because I know that God relents. He's a relenting God. He, he, you, if you put me in the hands of men, men will fiercely hunt me down and they will not re, re, retaliate. They will hunt me and kill me with no remorse in themselves. But if, if God is chasing me, he will relent. If God is punishing me, he is a God that relents. So I, I always go back and remember that scripture. When I start going through that, oh, God is punishing me because I, I, I didn't tithe the last six weeks. Uh, God is doing, I, I start thinking that I'm in this mess because I'm, God is punishing me because I'm, I've, I'm in this mess because I'm being punished by God. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says our God is a God of love and he's a God of truth. He, yes, he chastens the ones that he loves, but the same hand that that, that chastens is the same hand that is able to dress your wounds. He is the same God that strikes, but is able to build you up. He is a God that says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. So God never punishes us according to the level of our faith. Amen. The gospel actually reminds us that we are saved by grace alone, not by our works. Amen. I think we all know the story of the blind man, which is in John 9, verse 1 to 3. The man was born blind, I think, and um, which is why it says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. Amen. But in verse 3, if we can jump to verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the power of God might be displayed in his life. Amen. So I believe when we go through things, the power of God it, dis it is displayed in our lives, in our times of triumph, in our times when you don't understand the things that God is doing. It is for our own good so that the power of God might be displayed in our lives. Amen. Finally, um, one of the four things I was talking about, it says, we trust in God's power, but question his character. Um... I mean, I believe God can, but I don't believe he will. 
I believe God for somebody else, but not for myself. I'm, we are quite good for praying for someone until something happens. But we don't pray for ourselves until something happens because we believe God will not do it for me, but he can do it for somebody else. And most of the time, we miss on God's blessings because we, we trust in him, but we don't trust God's character because we, can, we believe that God can be good to somebody else, but God can be good to me because you are going through a certain something and you're now not understanding the battles that you're fighting. So you're thinking, God is not for me. God is, he's, he's punishing me. God is being not good to me. God is judging me. God is, but sometimes, how will God, I believe that when you're going through all these things that you don't understand, I believe God is working himself out. He's showing himself might. How else will God prove your faith? if you don't have faith yourself. You have to have faith to understand that whatever I am going through, I trust God even if it doesn't make sense. Amen. I, whenever I get to a situation that's causing me to doubt God's goodness and mercy, I tend to tell myself, it's always a redirection. When I don't understand where I am, I believe God is directing me to a different path. Amen. Like I said, um, Pastor Zama talks about a message called the government of praise. I, I truly, truly ask the church to listen to that message. It's very powerful. I will give a quick recap from her message because it really blessed me every time I listen to it. She, she retook a recap from Psalms 34, verse 1 to 3. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalms 34, verse 1 to 3. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Amen. You are not praising God because you have everything together. This was part of her message. She actually read from the book of Habakkuk 3 verse 17 to 18. It says, I think it was talking about the fig tree that it may not blossom. But verse 18 was the one that stood out for me. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk um, 3 verse 17 to 18. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. You don't have to have it together. You don't have to to be in a place that things are okay. No, you have to learn to put on your garment of praise. Putting on your garment of praise, it helps with the, it, it, it takes off some of the load that you are carrying. When you do not understand what God is doing on your life, put on the garment of praise. Pastor always says, you can pray amiss, but you don't praise amiss. When you praise, there are things that God will do. When you pray, you pray amiss because you're praying sometimes in the flesh. But when you praise, you cannot praise amiss. And when you worship, you do not worship in amiss. Amen. Finally, as I get to close my, my message, amen. There are things that when we are going through, we don't understand. When, when God is doing certain things in our lives, we... We want to be explained to why God is, certain, is doing certain things. I remember the story of Job in the Bible. Um, the Bible is quite clear. It tells us that God 
was sitting and the, the, um, the angels and Satan appeared unto him. Amen. And this is a conversation. The, the amazing thing, it's a conversation that happened. And, and God says, have you considered my servant job? And, and the angel said, and the, the, and the devil says, yes, I have. He is, he, it's because he's like this. You, you have covered him. Oh, you, you have favored him. He's like, things are like this for him. And, and God said, okay, do, go and do what you need to do. Job had no, I've, I read the book of Job and finished it. And I was trying to find out if God ever explained to Job why it happened. It never did, and Job never got to find out that the conversation happened between two people, and Job was the center of the conversation, and the calamities happened, but no one explained those things to him, that, oh no, me and the devil, we were talking, so you came up in the conversation, <laughs> so unfortunately allowed him to, no, God doesn't have to explain things to you. Job, which was never explained that, oh, you know, I told the enemy to, to take over for a bit. So you, you just have to sit there and wait. But the Bible says Job was a man of integrity. He, God knew that in spite of what he was about to go through, Job was a man of integrity. So I believe that if you keep your focus on God, it is important to remember that even when we forget God, God never forgets us. He knows what's happening to us every moment of the day. The Bible says, you are precious and honored in my sight, and I love you, which is in Isaiah 43, verse 4. I believe when you don't understand the things that are going, the first step is to begin the day with God. Amen. You have to develop the habit of setting aside a few minutes to be alone with God. You have to pray about things you, you don't understand or the things that you're facing because God already knows them. In addition, I develop the habit of constant prayer. When you meet someone new, utter a prayer of silence to them, especially when new visitors come in into church. Utter a prayer of silence. Thank God for their lives. Thank God that he has sent them because you do not understand why they have come to church, but thank God for their lives. Amen. When you learn about a problem someone is having, pray for them. When someone tries your patience, oh my God, especially when it comes to parking, you know, those ones, the ones that try, you know, when you're trying to park and someone tries your patience with parking, pray for them. Because the Bible says, pray continually. Amen. Pray continually. I know that's First Thessalonians 5 verse 17. When you do not understand what God is doing, remember his infinite love for you. Amen. Believe in God's miracles. Believe that our trials lead us to strength. God will carry you through the storm. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, it says, When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be bent up. The flames will not consume you. Every difficult situation you face, either big or small, is preparing you to be stronger. God will use your trials to produce greater faith and strength. Your pain has a purpose, even though you don't understand it. Amen. Believe God has a perfect plan for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. That is why we walk by faith and not by sight. It is important that we are patient and trust in his timing. Finally, he will never leave you. Isaiah 40, 31 says, 
But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And finally, worship, praise, and pray. And know that God is listening, even though it doesn't make sense. Amen. 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 If we could just all be on our feet and give God the praise and the glory, even though we don't understand where he's leading us. Come on, just worship him and give him the honor that is due to him. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of glory. He is worthy to be worshipped tonight. He is worthy to be glorified. He is worthy to be lifted up. Ye, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I know that you are with me, O oh God. I may not understand the situation that I'm in, but I know that you're working it out for me. I may not understand what I'm going through, O oh God, but I know that I can trust you to make it to do good. I thank you that your word says it is true. Your word, O oh God, in Jeremiah speaks of your goodness and your mercy. You are a good God. For the plans that you have for me, O oh God, they're of good and not evil. Amen. You are a good God, a God who has plans to prosper me. Amen. A God who does me good. Amen. My future looks bright, oh God. Even if I don't understand it right now, my future looks good, oh God. Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to give you praise. We just want to worship you for your goodness. We want to thank you for your leading. We want to thank you, Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for being a good God in our midst. We want to thank you that, oh God, whatever troubles we have brought tonight, Father, we thank you because you are a way maker. Father, we thank you that you are a good God in our midst. We give you praise, God. We give you glory. We give you all the honor that is due to you. You are so faithful. We give you praise. Be forever glorified, oh God. We keep trusting you because we know that you are a good God. We praise you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing.